Hey, Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug talking all things Disney except for today. That is right. Doug and I are going to be going out to Universal Studios for this week's episode and talking about the parks and, of course, the newly opened Volcano Bay. Uh, Getting a lot of press down there. Considered Universal's third gate. Excited to check it out some days. But Doug, you and I have both done Universal a few times. And so it's about time on this show that we go out there and talk a little bit about our experiences, our favorite rides, and just some uh, news that's coming out for those parks. That's right. There's a lot of uh, nuts and bolts to get to about Universal just to share with all our listeners. And uh, yeah, Volcano Bay is making a big splash. So we'll... uh, Talk about that third gate. I'm using air quotes. You can't see that over the radio, but it, they're calling it a third gate. So if they're calling that a third gate, then Disney has six, I guess. Yeah, water parks, I wouldn't really consider another gate. But you know what? When it comes to price, Volcano Bay is a little expensive, and they are doing some pretty cool things. So maybe, you'll, you know, maybe with uh, some added things, it, it might turn into a third uh, gate for Universal. That's right. That's right. So, oh, but besides the water park, Universal is two major theme parks, Universal Studios and, of course, Islands of Adventure. And so, Doug, these parks, first off, uh, when people are planning their off-Disney day or maybe, you know, bookending a trip to Universal, people are always wondering, what is the cost difference? I think everyone ex- ex- assumes that Disney is more expensive than Universal, but it's not really like that. They are both major theme parks. Yeah, the price is pretty comparable for a ticket into the park. Um, a one-day ticket to do both parks, depend, and it varies depending on the day that you go. Kind of like how Disney added the seasonal pricing, Universal beat them to that. So like just a random day in June is about $165 to do a park-to-park ticket. So that's where you're able to go to both Universal Studios Florida and Islands of Adventure, um, go park to park. And there's a reason you want that park to park ticket. Universal knows what they're doing, and they pretty much, if you're a Potter fan, you have to get the park to park ticket. So you can do a lot in one day at both parks, or you can go two parks, but you still or two days, but you still got to get that park to park part to do one major attraction. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, it's kind of surprising how much the price can fluctuate throughout the year. But that's kind of the, the price ticket. So what uh, what makes up these parks, Derek? Well, I got to say, I do love going to Universal. Uh, it's been a lot of fun for me over the years. And uh, my wife and I just did the park-to-park 
ticket a year ago. And of course, Harry Potter being the big thing right now. Did you know that that boosted Universal's uh, attendance by over 25%? And Disney did take a little bit of a, a step back. So you know they're looking at their competition quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And the parks that it hurt the most was Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. They saw the biggest dip in attendance after Harry Potter opened um, the first one, which was the Wizarding World of Harry Potter mm-hmm. and Hogsmeade in Universal Studios. And then they opened, just a few years ago, Diagon Alley in Islands of Adventure Park. Nope, and, uh, you, guys, saw little... you, got the, you got those switch, Universal. Oh, uh, yeah, so. man. Yep. And it's, and it's, and it's Hogsmeade. No, it, we can just keep right, going you with say that. that. Oh, man, I failed. I failed everyone. So switch that around. Diagon Alley is in the Universal Studios Park, and uh, um, the Wizarding World is in Islands of Adventure, and my mispronunciation as well. But, uh, yeah, the studios at Disney and Animal Kingdom, they saw the biggest hit. Epcot maybe a little bit, but Magic Kingdom chugged right along. Um, So a lot of people were doing one or two days at Disney and then heading over to Universal. And, you know, we... uh, I've talked before about how the Disney ticket gets cheaper and cheaper the more days you go. So one way to make your trip really expensive is to do like two days at Disney and two days at Universal. It's about the most expensive four-day trip you can take, but it's a way to do both parks. So Universal has a lot to offer, and uh, they definitely have more to offer to the older kids, the taller kids, the thrill ride junkies, uh, a lot more extremes. Um, Disney, even their biggest thrill rides, kids can do. Um, Universal, not quite the same story. Um, there's a lot going on over there. So let's start with uh, Universal Studios Florida. Derek, what is your first thing that you go to when you walk into that park? Well, first, I got to back up to when I was nine years old because that park really has a special place in my heart. I will never forget the first time I rode the Back to the Future ride, and it is no longer there, now replaced by the Simpsons ride. But wow, what an experience going in a DeLorean, and uh, it just... I, I still remember that whole attraction to this day, even though I was nine years old, uh, as well as E.T. when they're like, Derek, thank you. And uh, so, no, I love these parks. Uh, but when we went there this last time, of course, I'm going to talk a little bit about Diagon Alley. Uh, but one of the rides I probably love the most is The Mummy. A lot of fun. I've ridden it multiple times. Indoor roller coaster, kind of like rock and roller coaster with some pyrotechnics. Uh, Brendan Fraser's got a little cameo in there. Just a really fun one. Uh, the other rides that they got there, Transformers, uh, Rip Ride Rockets, uh, Men in Black, which is a lot like Buzz Lightyear, a uh, little shoot 'em up type things. Uh, mm-hmm. Minions, uh, Shrek, which we'll talk about in a minute, is, is on its way out the door. And, of course, the new one is Jimmy Fallon. Uh, and we'll talk about Diagon in a second, but Jimmy Fallon, this is really cool because it is the first queueless attraction at Universal Studios, and this is going to be the big game changer, the next big thing that is going to end up being implemented, I'm sure, by Disney down the road. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how well it works over the summer with uh, Universal's crowd fluctuates a lot more than Disney. Disney's Peak attractions are always going to have big week, uh, waits. No matter what time of year you go, you can go at the slow time of year and still wait an hour to go on Rock and Roller Coaster. Where at Universal Studios, you go at the slow time of year during the week, it is slow. 
So it will be interesting how Fallon can handle the Q-list part throughout the summer with the bigger crowds. Uh, you know, the Q-list Q may turn into a little bit of a Q, a little bit bigger of a Q. We'll see. So jury is still out on that. Um, you listed a whole bunch of rides that I'm just going to say as somebody with motion sickness, I haven't done Transformers. I haven't done Minions. I haven't done Rip Ride Rocket. I haven't done Mummy. Um, I can do Men in Black where you're almost confident you don't know what you're shooting at and how you're scoring. And I can go on E.T., which is a dark ride. So I did um, – Diagon Alley has what, Escape from Gringotts? Yep. Is that the attraction there? I went on that. We rope dropped it. Um, it was a questionable decision. I was just like, yeah, I can go on this. And Michelle's like, you need to just go wait. Go over there. Look at – just go – no, I am fine. I'm going to go on this. And, yeah, it was like, okay, I'll catch up to you later. I'm going to sit on this bench. So that that it it's not a roller coaster, but it is, but it isn't. I don't know how to describe it, but it's pretty awesome. So how would you describe that Escape from Gringotts, which is the major attraction in Diagon Alley? What an amazing ride. Uh, between the two, I probably... I probably like that one just a pinch more because it had a little bit better story to it. Of course, there's a lot of screens involved. There's a kind of a, uh, it's kind of like a roller coaster, omni mover type thing going in between screens. Really cool effects that they do. And, uh, you know, I love the queue. I know they talk about going queueless, but that was one of the queues I didn't mind mm-hmm. waiting through. It you was had cool. The, the animatronics, uh, you know, the characters, seeing all, uh, everyone working in Gringotts and just. Really fun uh, area. That whole Diagon Alley, what I love about it the most is how much detail. Having all the set designers come down from the movies, they really took this to the next level. And one of my favorite stories right now is that some of the Imagineers who are working on the Star Wars land actually visited uh, Diagon Alley right after it opened. And they're so blown away that they went back to the Disney execs and said, we need a lot more money if we're going to compete with Universal. So the best thing of all is that it's kind of ignited some competition between Mm -hmm. the parks, which is only a win for all of us. I mean, really, Doug, would we be going to Pandora if uh, Harry Potter didn't hit Universal? I don't think so. It was a pretty... I think Pandora was a knee-jerk reaction to, we need to find something and find it fast, especially when they saw... Animal Kingdom's attendance drop, and they're like, where can we put this? What can we do? And poof, we have Pandora six and a half years later. Um, So a knee-jerk reaction with a slow um, lag time. But, uh, yeah, the area is amazing. You know, you can get the wands and do all kinds of different things. They have uh, the different shops that you can go to, just like are in Diagon Alley. Um, You have Nocturne Alley, which is a little frightening and dark but it's also cool and uh there's some dining there as well so lots of things just the the one attraction actually in diagon alley but first you got to find diagon alley right oh that's one of my favorite things that uh people are still complaining that diagon alley's closed or we couldn't find it and and people that work at universal they hear this every day and it's become kind of a trending thing on reddit and everything it just people don't realize it, it's where the old Jaws ride used to be, and 
you kind of have to walk. It's hard to explain, but between a couple walls to get back there. And I even know when mm-hmm. I when I, I knew this because uh, I do my research before we went. But I took my wife. My wife's like, "Where are we going?" I'm like, "Just just trust me." And kind of hear that walls parting sound effect, and all of a sudden, boom, you're in Diagon Alley, and and it really does feel like you're transported in the wizarding world. And especially even if you're even if you're not really a big Harry Potter fan, I know I'm a fan. My wife's a super fan. But even if you're not, you can still get something out of this land. It is mm-hmm. crazy cool and just so much to look at, see, and do. Yeah, I got a lot out of it. And I've watched the movies, but we kind of binged on the movies before we went. We actually did Universal um, for a day before a cruise. We fil- flew in two days early instead of just one. Did Universal for a day, then went on our cruise. It's a get- great way to slip it into a trip. Um, without breaking the bank, like if you're already doing Disney parks, because we weren't buying Disney tickets. So it worked real well that way. And not a huge Harry Potter fan, but definitely a cool area. The other area in Universal Studios, Florida, that I think is really well-themed, that appealed to me, was the Simpsons area. You basically have a whole bunch of buildings from the town of Springfield right there. A lot of statues around, so you can pose with different characters. Um, I didn't go on the ride because, you know, it's a motion simulator and I have issues, lots of issues, personal issues, mental issues, whatever you want to call them. I got issues, but I didn't do the ride. So while the, the family went on the ride, I just walked around. I took some pictures with Duffman and, and Millhouse and the gang, and I got myself a giant donut um, that basically served as lunch. So that area is really well done, too. The rest of the park is kind of mishmashed together. There's no congruent theme. Um, there is a little kid's area that's Woody Woodpecker. I don't know that any of my children have a clue who Woody Woodpecker is, nor do I even know how to describe who Woody Woodpecker is. But he has a whole land, so that's saying something. But back over to the Wizarding World, there is another attraction. It's not in Diagon Alley. It's in the London area. And What is that, Derek? That is the Hogwarts Express, and this is something if you're a Harry Potter fan, you have to do. Uh, you really do kind of, there's an effect where it looks like you're going through nine and three quarters, uh, mm-hmm. and you get to go into, I mean, it looks just like the movie, everything that I, I could imagine. It was it was perfect. I, I can't say anything I like, more. I like how there's no sign for it, right? Diagon Alley, you got to know to go through the little holes. Here, it's... It's the train station. What is it? King's Cross is the train station from London that they use. And so it's just the King's Cross train station. Nowhere does it say, like, here's, you know, Hogwarts Express attraction. Like, it's marked on the map if you're reading the map. But who reads a map? Let's be honest. You just follow the crowd. So you got to go, and it looks like you're in a London train station going, you know, to the train platform. And then the line, all of a sudden, you go through this little weird hole, and you realize, oh, this is where we walk through the wall to get to the, you know, and the the music and the music's going and the train and it's got the smoke effects when it pulls in really cool. And one of the best things is it's two different ride experiences. I mean, you are literally taking a train to the other side of the park to islands of adventure, but it's not just a train. You're You're actually, yeah, you're park hopping, but you're also watching a, uh, it's hard to explain like on the window, a show outside the window. It's, it's all the windows really cool. like yeah both inside the train and the cat the hallway like you see shadows and the characters talking as they go back and forth and then there's other things going on outside the train that you can see 
And we alluded to it earlier, like, you have to get the park-to-park ticket because the only way to ride this attraction is to have a park-to-park ticket. You can go get two one-day tickets, go to both parks. You don't get to go on this attraction. You have to have a park-to-park ticket. That's how Universal gets you. So you got to get the park-to-park ticket to experience it, and it's great. And you got to do it both directions. You got to go both ways because the show is different both directions, which is pretty cool and pretty genius. And they're forcing you to ride the same thing twice, and they're forcing you to get that park-to-park ticket. But it also it gets you over to Islands of Adventure. So I guess that's a perfect segue to Islands of Adventure, Derek. And I love Islands of Adventure. We'll get into the Wizarding World, but really, I that's one of my favorite theme parks. I went there right not far after it opened. I was about 14 years old, and you know it's got a lot of great lands. The one that always sticks out is the Marvel Land that I think Disney has spent a billion dollars trying to get them to get rid of so they can add it into their parks. But besides that... Uh, they have a Spider-Man ride, the uh, Hulk coaster, mm-hmm. but that Spider-Man ride was kind of a, the first of its kind, the interactive motion simulators with screens. Uh, it won ride of the year, and kind of Universal has kind of built a lot of their attractions around that. Both uh, Harry Potter attractions are kind of simulators with screens. Uh, you're seeing that, uh, you know, from pretty much almost everything that they do kind of has that. Transformers? Transformers in that same mold a little bit. I had to miss it. Tran- Transformers had okay. way too. I know that's a lot of screens. I know Michelle and the kids are like, well, it was another screen we looked at. So they were tired of screens at the end of the day because it's a lot of screens compared to Disney. But the Spider-Man ride is awesome. Just for our motion sickness listeners, I can do it without a problem. So it does move around. There are a lot of screens, but I can ride that one. So Spider-Man's great. Um, Hulk was down for a lengthy refurb. Well, they're part of the contract that they have with Marvel and now Disney is that they have to keep things up to date on that. So basically they had to update the Hulk, give it a fresh coat of paint and make it join this decade. So that was one reason the Hulk was closed for quite a while and they rethemed a few things, made the queue a little different. Um, So they do have some restrictions they have to do, um, but... The Spider-Man ride, the Hulk ride, both top-notch e-ticket attractions in that uh, island. There's lots of different islands. What are some of the other islands? Uh, going around the park, you do have the uh, new King Kong. That was being built, almost done the last time we were there. I missed that. Did you get to try that one out? No, it was not open yet when we were there. It does look good. It's a dark ride. It's frightening from what mm-hmm. I've heard. I have also not seen the movie. This was an instance where... The attraction, Kong Skull Island, opened before the movie. So talk about taking a leap of faith on But the film. movie, but actually it's it's kind of different because the movie version, the uh, Kong is a million times taller than the one in the ride. They went with kind of the old school scale, and mm-hmm. the movie has the giant scale Kong. Giant mountain-sized Kong. Like where does that Kong technically live in the forest? It's well, bigger than the forest. And what kind of originally happened is uh, the King Kong ride was one of the very first attractions at Universal Studios uh, kind of like the Jaws ride where you're riding the movie. A lot of pyrotechnics, a lot of water, massive. You know what? They had the Yeti problem because it kept breaking down like the Yeti at Animal Kingdom. And so this attraction, even though bringing a lot of people in the parks, is what uh, just was too expensive. So they ended up tearing it down even though there's 
a lot of people very upset. So they kept saying they'd bring Kong back. And even though it's uh, at the Islands of Adventure, they did it. You know, I haven't gone on the ride. I've heard great things, but he's kind of a staple to those parks. Yeah, I think Kong was a good addition. Another great part of that park is Jurassic Park. Love Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Park has a couple different things it offers, but its big e-ticket attraction is like a boat ride. You kind of go through the jungle, you see some dinosaurs, and then a big flume ride, you know, down the big hill. Totally, totally soaked. That was just like John Williams humming. I mean, I'm pretty sure we had John Williams as a guest there. I I can almost tell. Um, But you get soaked. So it's don't don't go to Universal and go on the water rides thinking you're gonna come off slightly dry. It is not Splash Mountain, people. It is to the bone. You will get drenched, Jurassic Park style. And it's not a short ride. I mean, it's got a story. No, There's dino. That's another one. They added so much detail to the the dinosaurs. And at the very end, if you haven't been on it, I mean, there's a scare at the end, of course, and then boom, splash. Uh, but it's just they did really well by that one. And that music I was singing is definitely played throughout the attraction. So yeah, yeah. And uh, I like the Jurassic Park here. You can also kind of have a meet and greet with a Velociraptor. If you're brave enough to stand there, my kids were like, "Yeah, we're good. We're not getting in that line. We're we're good." Um, we had just watched Jurassic World though before we went, mm. so they kept making jokes about getting their, you know, Jurassic World Magic Band from that movie. Uh, so they were, you know, Disney cynics they, of the age they, of like they want to do the six. pose, the the hands out yeah, pose the, that kind of went viral. Yeah, yeah, taming the the, the raptors, velociraptors. So one area that my kids did really like was the uh, Dr. Seuss area. It's like Seuss Island. Yep. Uh, they have a cat in the hat ride and some other things and very whimsical. Uh, a lot of neat photo ops. Um, you know, everybody kind of grew up reading Dr. Seuss and his creations. So you kind of get to see them and like Sneetches and all the Lorax. Everybody's around there. Yep. Um, and then, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. And it's really fun that they do the Grinch who stole Christmas during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So I've yeah. got I've gotten to see that, and it's really good, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, the guy who played the Grinch was phenomenal. So if you're ever down there in the holiday season, that's a good show to catch. Yeah. So I think there's a couple other islands, but they're not uh, really that exciting. Well, so... Let's let's talk Wizarding World, Derek. What is there? Well, that is uh, that is uh, Hogwarts, of course, the Hogwarts attraction, which was ride of the ride of the year, and then Hogsmeade, the village. Uh, even though there is a little problem in there, Ollivander's is supposed to be in Diagon Alley, but he's actually uh, in Hogsmeade uh, for the attraction. Really cool little show right there, a lot like the first movie where Harry Potter is getting his wand. So they pick someone, uh, they pick the girl standing next to my wife, and she was a massive Harry Potter fan, so I was really happy for her. Uh, but you get wands, and, and all these shops are really cool. Butterbeer. We ate at both restaurants while we were there. Good... Uh, kind of uk type food uh but just it's a lot of fun it's uh, the one thing i actually had an issue with it smaller detail is that it's all covered in snow and in florida when it's 95 degrees it's yeah it kind of took me out of it a little bit yeah you know the the movies go through the whole calendar year each one of like each story kind of is a whole school year so i thought it was odd they picked like they had to have snow 
Like, that's only part of the school year, right? I mean, they didn't have to have snow. It wasn't always snowing at Hogwarts. They always went during the Christmas season, though, and I'm sure my wife could go into detail on the reason why okay. they picked that. So uh, maybe sure. if, if we have to have a bonus episode, I... I uh, I'm sure she's listening to this right mm-hmm. now and already like, oh, you guys are messing up. So, honey, oh, I, yeah. Totally. Yep. So maybe we might have to have that in there. But uh, then you have the Hogwarts Castle and the Forbidden Journey, another queue that is totally worth waiting in line for. I would not want to go queueless because you're going through Dumbledore's office. There's some screens and you see Harry and they got they got Daniel Radcliffe and her and uh, and Emma Watson, Rupert Grant, all the reprise their roles. Yep. So uh, really good. And then you get into this attraction, which is another simulator with screens, but really cool. I forget what it's called, but it's got the arm roller coaster. So the arm actually can turn. Uh, not just 360 degrees, but yeah, 360 degrees, I guess. Up and up down, down, up and, and down. down. Yeah. yeah. And so really what cool. Some of all thrills was. Oh yeah. Same technology. Some is all thrills. Yeah. And, uh, I, I really like how it does incorporate some, uh, more practical effects. The, the giant spiders then back to the screen, uh, but no, it was a great ride. Love the attraction. Uh, almost constantly has about 45 minute wait. So, but it is definitely worth the wait and one that we did rope drop. Yeah, it, that's one I did not go on because we started our day um, in Diagon Alley where I went on the ride and I was like, yeah, okay, I'm done. And then I had heard that this one was worse for motion sickness. So I was like, yeah, better not. So I just enjoyed a frozen butterbeer. While I waited Ooh, for stuff. everybody to go on it, I enjoyed the frozen butter beer. Um, but there's other attractions there. It's not just a one a one deal thing. First of all, yes, you can take the train back over to London. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's the what's du- it called? Dueling Dragons. Dueling Dragons. Dueling Dragons. the current name. It's uh, it was a roller coaster from oh, day one. That's the old name, Dueling yeah, Dragons. Yeah, you're right. Um, they renamed it Harry Potter esque. Yep, your wife's gonna be mad at you, Derek, for I not know. knowing the I name. But there's, there's, it's a roller coaster where you hang below the track, fairly intense, pretty high height requirement. Alden was not tall enough to go on it, so there's nothing worse than hanging out with a mad eight-year-old. Like, I can't go on this roller coaster either. I'm here with my little sister. He was just grumpy. So Butterbeer did not win them over. Nothing, nothing made them better. They had a wand. They kept doing tricks, but that even made them grumpy. And then there's another like little kid hold, roller coaster. Hold on, it's there. called the Dragon Challenge. Dragon Challenge. So not dueling dragons. Dragon Challenge. There's two coasters. They intermix, go all around. Then what's the other attraction called? Is it the flight of something? The hippogriff. Flight. There you go. So and that's for littler kids. Oh, um, I still so, wrote it. Well, I didn't say you couldn't. Oh, I'm okay. just saying like shorter. Well, it's cool Shorter individuals you gotta, were allowed. Yeah, it's you know it's the hippogriff. It was a good ride in the hippogriff. He's in uh in uh, the third book, and then you have Hagrid's little hut right back in there. So it's a really fun ride, and it's it is appropriate for all ages. So something you definitely want to do. Uh, but the one thing is that these lines, especially in the Harry Potter world, kind of add up. There, they've seen a lot of foot traffic, and that's kind of one of the reasons why they added Diagon Alley is there are getting a lot more tourists, but they're hanging out in those kind of areas. And so one of the harder things to do is waiting in line. They haven't switched to queueless, so so the really neat thing that Universal does is that they have a way to get around the lines. And Doug, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? So 
Unlike Fast Pass, Disney or that Disney has, Universal has Express Pass. Fast Pass free. Everybody with a park ticket can use it. Express Pass, no. You have to pay for it or stay at a select Universal resort. And they have two different Express Passes, an unlimited and a regular. Not going to go into too much detail, but the unlimited does exactly that. You can go on a ride over and over and over again. The other one, you can just go on each ride once. However, one big caveat here, it doesn't work on the big attractions for Harry Potter. All right? So I'm going to say that again. Express, dot pass, Express Pass does not work on the big e-ticket attractions at Harry Potter. So it still helps you. So what you want to do is rope drop mm-hmm. a Harry Potter attraction and then go use your Express Pass, come back to the Harry Potter stuff in the evening when the crowds start to die down. But Express Pass, let's start with it for just one park. It's like 50 bucks for one day or like 85 for the whole day. However, that's not for like every day of the year. That's like as cheap as it gets. Yep. And I'm not even sure when I was looking at their website, I couldn't find a day where we, it was actually that price. We got it on New Year's Day one time about before the Harry Potter stuff opened I was there on New Year's Day and we had to buy it or else we wouldn't have ridden any rides yeah so it's based on the date so like next week if you want it for both days or both parks it's $109 for Express Pass per person so you're already dropping like say you go one day both parks you're dropping like 165 ish dollars for your park ticket then you're going to spend another 109 for your express pass. So say you're going over Christmas break and you're going to both parks one day per person, $160 just for express pass. But so many people have it. If you don't have it, you are basically going on just a few rides. You're going to spend all day in line. It's the only way to get around it. Um, so it's important. It's expensive. So the way around that's kind of the next topic, unless you had anything to add about nope. Express Pass, Derek. Nope. All right, we're going to segue here into the resorts. One way to get the unlimited Express Pass is to stay at select Universal Resorts, and that sometimes is worth booking the hotel. I have known people that have booked the hotel, never checked in, didn't even go to the room. They drive up from Disney, go to the hotel, get their Express Pass stuff done, and go right to the park. So certain hotels you get early park admission, you get some transportation, and some of them include the the Express Pass. So there's a bunch of resorts. Cabana Bay is one of the newer ones. It's got some family suites. They just built a brand new tower. It's right next to Volcano Bay. Uh, The Aventura Hotel is going to open soon, I believe, and it's very modern and futuristic. And then there's the Lowe's Sapphire Falls Resort, the Lowe's Royals Pacific Resort, the Hard Rock Hotel, and Lowe's Portofino Bay. Now, I listed those in a particular order. They went up in price. So the later I set them, the more expensive they are. The three that offer the Unlimited Express Pass are the three most expensive. It's probably not a coincidence, but the Lowe's Royal Pacific, Hard Rock, and Lowe's Portofino Bay offer them. I have stayed at the Lowe's Royal Pacific. It's Southern Polynesian themed. Very nice resort. Very clean. Very modern. Um, We had a great time there, but uh, we got our express pass and we got early park admission. And the early park admission is only to the Harry Potter attractions. So you get an hour to do Harry Potter 
and then you can move on to the rest of the park. So early park admission, just Harry Potter. So some like weird rules with all that. It's mm-hmm. not like extra magic hours where a lot of things are open. It's just Harry Potter. And it switches back and forth from park to park depending on the day, kind of like magic, magical, um, extra magic hours. So you got to check you know, which park you're going to. But there's the nuts and bolts of staying there. But totally worth getting a room to get the express pass, get the early park admission. If you want to do both parks in one day, definitely the way to go. Spend one night there. It's a nice resort. And then you have it nice and close by. So we spent two nights before our cruise. It was super convenient. I walked back to the room to get ponchos back to the resort or back to the parks. While they were on an attraction, I couldn't even ride. And then I walked my ponchos back over. So really convenient. And you walk through City Walk to get there. And I love City Walk. Uh, it's one of my most favorite places. Even when I'm doing a Disney-only trip, I have taken a taxi with my wife to City Walk uh, just because I love the dining and everything. And it has Margaritaville, one of my favorite mm-hmm. places to eat and enjoy some live music and have some fun. Every time I'm in that area, I definitely stop there. But there is there's a lot of great shops, restaurants. Uh, anything in particular that stands out to you? Well, we did Margaritaville on the last trip. The kids had fun singing along. I mean, it's like a party going mm-hmm. on in there all the time. Great food. Um, Cowfish is another excellent place. It's sushi and burgers. I mean, two great things combined. There's a chocolate emporium. If you want a milkshake that is like enough calories for a month, I think that's where you go. There's just a lot of restaurants. It's, it's hard to really narrow it down one great thing about universal the parks are fairly small and um city walk is right there it's like having downtown disney basically at the gates of the park yep and for lunch or dinner you can just walk out have dinner and go back in because the food offerings outside of the park way better than what they have inside the park i think we ate lunch at the simpsons area which you know i watch simpsons a lot through college and time so it was kind of cool to eat a chicken shack and crusty burger and you know that was that was it but it was not um amazing food by any stretch of the imagination we should have just walked out of the park maybe even went to hard rock cafe um you know i mentioned hard rock hotel there's also hard rock cafe right there too uh there's an nbc bar and grill nbc sports bar and grill there's lots of lots of options there might even be emerald I, it's just great food um some nightlife some concerts that will pop up there when they show like live tapings of Jimmy Fallon and shows like that. A lot of times it's from city walk. Um, if you drive to universal, you have to park in these massive parking garages and they dump you out into city walk. So you go through security before you get into city walk. So that is a good way uh, to go is to eat there. Yep. All right. Well, we teased earlier in the episode that we were going to talk about, Volcano Bay. So let's go to that quote unquote third gate because that is the big ticket right now. Everyone's talking about all the presses there. Literally just opened up. Uh, They've had a few, let's say, dings along the way. Some of the rides and stuff not working right. Yeah, some things you Mm -hmm. kind of expect. But overall, I've heard it's extremely gorgeous i'm excited to check it out mm-hmm. sometime uh and but this i know this new q system isn't working all the way yet but once that does that that again will be a game changer for every theme park not just in orlando i think you'll see it uh, across the board because uh you know if people are if people are not waiting in line they're going to be in a gift shop spending money so 
What do you think of the uh, yeah. Q-less? Yeah, so basically you go and like tap, you get a band when you go in called a tapu tapu or something like that. And you tap it on something, it gives you your return window. You come back, it's a narrow return window. So you go hang out in the lazy river, go to the wave pool, something that is like never going to have a line, right? And water parks have plenty of those. And then you go back and you do the attraction and then you kind of go on where you get more and more things. And so far it really hasn't turned into that. People are waiting their time and then getting basically in a queue of, equal amount of time so so far they have some software issues to deal with they have some crowd capacity things to deal with but it's in its infancy it's only a you know a week or two old at the time we're recording this um so they'll they'll get it figured out once they get it figured out it'll be great to see where it goes one thing they did take away um either right as it opened or right before was express pass so there's no express pass at the water park um, they were planning on that. They'd advertised that, and they they snatched that right out of your hands. Um, but uh, the park itself sounds gorgeous. I have heard that the food is really good there. Um, and one thing to mention about food at Universal, you can get a dining plan, and it's not dependent on the number of nights that you're staying in the resort. You can get it for as many days as you want. It's independent. Where Disney, your dining plan is tied right to your resort number of nights. Here you can get a dining plan basically no matter what, and you can get it for as many days as you want. And if you're eating there on property all the time, it is something worth looking at. But the food, the reviews of the food at the uh, Volcano Bay have been just great. Um, one thing um, that was pointed out to me is you can't just park at the water park. You still have to park in the big massive parking garage, go through security, walk through City Walk, and then kind of get shuttled over to the the water park is the way i understand it if you stay at um which resort was it cabana bay cabanas yep. you can walk you can walk to the resort from cabana bay but that's or to the water park but that's the only place so if you're going just to go to volcano bay and you want to stay on property cabana bay is the way to go because you can walk right in and out and with uh wearing swimsuits and stuff i think that's a huge convenience factor well, I think one transition into the news, I think it's really interesting that today, when recording, they already announced that they're expanding. Like, this park is already yeah. going to be successful, that they're like, hey, all right, let's start looking at our expansion. When, let's look back at Disney's Animal Kingdom, and they're like, hey, we have this area that we're going to do Phase 2 in, and now it's Pandora, and seven years later, yeah. after seven years after that. No, Universal's like, hey, we got the land let's do something now. So I think it's really been a gut check, uh, especially because it's so much bigger than Disney's water parks. You know, they're, they're really trying to establish themselves as the water park in the Orlando area. Yeah. It, it will take that expansion. I think to knock down, knock off blizzard beach as being the top in my mind. Um, but, uh, they could get there. They could get there. Um, but the fact that you can just park, and literally walk into Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon if you rent a car or if you drive down or if you're a local. I think it's going to make it – you're going to see locals not go to Volcano Bay the way they do um, the other two parks. If you're staying on property at Universal, I think it's not going to be a big deal. But I think if you're coming from off property, the, the hassle of getting to Volcano Bay is going to influence a few people, especially a return trip. You know, you're going to do that mm -hmm. first trip because you don't, you just don't know what you're in for. But I don't know that I want to ever sit on a bus 
in a wet swimsuit really in my life. This is not a life goal of mine. So if we go to the water parks, it's usually when we have a rented car and we can drive right to it, park, hop out, walk up. But uh, it, it looks neat. The volcano's amazing. It's causing traffic incidents. Yes, on I heard the that. But there's a lot zone. of construction right there. So, so it, not sure what to blame, the construction or the pyrotechnics out of the top of a volcano as you're driving down the interstate. But uh, uh, be careful on I-4 well, as and, you're going past. And what's hilarious is, you know, Disney loves to hide everything. You don't see, you know, Everest until you're getting right up there. And it's, But no, mm-hmm. not, not universal. They're like, let's build the biggest freaking volcano. What is the maximum we can go to? Uh, yeah. Just to grab those eyeballs. For a marketing standpoint, it's great. You you can see it from I-4 yep. and just like, hey, it makes you want to go there. Uh, but yeah, accidents. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool, though. The volcano, it looks neat. Um, the park as a whole sounds really immersive. Like, you forget you are just, like, on the right next to an interstate when you're in the park. But then you get up high you're, you know, getting on one of the slides, you can see out like, oh, yeah, we are in the middle of a city. Mm-hmm. Um, where Disney, you get up high and, like, the water park is surrounded by swamp. You know, there's some distance. You can look way over there. You're, like, at the top of um, Summit Plummet at Blizzard Beach, I, the view is made. You can see all four park icons if you turn around, you know, and look every direction. Um, but they're they're off in the distance, right? Here... You get up there and you're like, oh, there is Harry Potter and Jurassic Park, like right there. And, you know, it, it is uh, kind of shoehorned in, so to speak. But it, it sounds like it's going to be great. I hope they figure out their Hewlett stuff and get things book going that direction. So, no, well, that's that's pretty much everything we got on Volcano Bay. We haven't been there yet. It's brand new. Kind of just finishing up a bunch of press stuff and kind of all the locals checking it out. So. Uh, we'll we'll keep watching the wire and hear all the fun things. I do think it's really interesting that they announced the expansion, but that kind of ties into my next thing. Universal did have a couple other announcements today, uh, Doug. What, so instead of Disney news, we're just doing Universal news today here at the end of the show instead of the beginning. So what else do we have, Doug? Yeah, so they're um, they're taking away Shrek. Shrek 4D is Which no more, and I it will love, be. I love that show, by the way. It was a great yeah, one. and you know, my kids always came out of there telling like potty jokes. So you know, and I don't think that's gonna change. I think they'll still come out saying inappropriate jokes, um, because it's gonna be Kung Fu Panda. So basically, we're going from uh, to Jack Black instead of Shrek, right? The Kung Fu Panda um, will take over. It'll be a, another 4D movie, I'm sure. And then the other one is Fast and the Furious should open in spring. I believe I read of 18. Yep. Uh, probably what I read. So yep. spring of 2018 looks like they're trying to do what they always do. And that's go against Disney. So when toy story mm-hmm. land opens up, that's when fast and the furious will open up again, another Q-less. So we'll see how yeah. they're doing with that. See. Uh, They've been that... working on that one for a while too. Like they were doing the demo when we were there mm-hmm. in January of 16, they were already doing the demo for, the area that was to become Fast and the Furious. So that's a project. Universal normally cranks out their project. Disney takes forever to build something. Universal's like, we're going to build Transformers. Poof, there's a square box with beige walls, and Transformers is inside, and they slap a little paint on the outside to theme it, where Disney's like, we're going to build a mountain. 
and we're going to surround that mountain with rock work. And then we're going to put plants on the rock work to make it look like real rocks. And then we're going to build an attraction in three years later where um, Universal is like, give me a beige box and we're going to stick in a simulator and we're go. So they, they get their construction done quick. Yeah, but you're right. Fast and the Furious has taken a while. Uh, but thankfully, there's, what, three, two more? I don't know. I haven't even seen the Two more movies. They said it's going to go up to Fast uh, 10. Yeah. So two more movies I, coming out. But, you know, th- this franchise is making billion dollars a shot overseas. It's crazy. And I've, so yeah, crazy I haven't overseas. seen I haven't seen it. So uh, the newest one. But you know what? It's I think I think because it's making them so much money overseas that they took this property and said, we want to make it right. And I'm sure the death of Paul Walker, you know, had to influence that a little bit mm-hmm. because I think they announced that he was still alive. And I know Vin Diesel has been really hands on with this one. So hopefully in the end, that means it's going to be a really good attraction. I hope so. We can only hope so. But that's it for the news. Awesome. Well, that is about everything we got on Universal Studios. It is a great off Disney day, but it's also a great day at the park too. Uh, But most of all, what I love about Universal Studios, especially in the last couple years, and I said this earlier, is that it's really pushing Disney to do more. I know we're going to be in Pandora here next week, so, but everything I've heard about Pandora is really great. And I think that comes a lot of because Universal has been really upping their game with Harry Potter and all the other expansions they've been doing. Totally. I think uh, competition is good um, and it's really made it thrived. I think now with the addition of this water park that's ultra themed, real inclusive, the addition of both Harry Potter's lands, the the uh, train, you know, Hogwarts Express, you got to go both ways. You got to get that multi um, park ticket. Um, it's a vacation destination mm-hmm. on its own. You can go to Orlando and just go to Universal. The resorts are really nice, The especially the three higher end ones where you get that Express Pass. And the price difference, you could spend more on an Express Pass for, you know, per person than the price difference between the hotel. You know the cheaper ones, so definitely think about that cost of the Express Pass. Remember, I said like $160 at certain times a year per person for Express Pass. So um, totally worth staying on property there. And you know that's something that uh, Michelle can help people with. She does book Universal as well. Yep, that was actually going to be my transition. Is that uh, Michelle helped us book Universal, and so she doesn't just do Disney. So if you need a travel agent. Of course, Michelle McKnight pretty much does it all. Does Royal Caribbean, does all these other things. Mm-hmm. So uh, Royal Caribbean uh, has some of the DreamWorks people. So they just yep, yep, that's a definite tie into this park. And uh, yeah, she met Kung Fu Panda on her last trip, and other characters. She said, "I don't know the name of," and she's texting me pictures. And uh, the kids are like, "Well, that's this person. That's this person." And she's like, "Oh," so then she sounded smart to her coworkers. That was when she went on the uh, the uh, inaugural sailing of the Harmony Sea with MEI um, travel. And, uh, yeah, so she met all those DreamWorks characters that she did not know. Because if it's not Disney, I'm going to be honest, she falls asleep at the movies. No. Huh. Like, she, she stayed awake through Moana. That's saying something for her. She'll stay awake through Star Wars. She nodded off in Guardians of the Galaxy, Derek. That's disappointing. I, I, yeah, I great. don't know how. 
Alden and I were laughing so loud, she was like, yeah, the guy next to me kept laughing really loud. Like, yeah, sorry, it was hilarious. It was. Giant oh. Pac-Man, that, I mean, that was one of my favorite parts. Oh, so just... yeah, yeah, yeah. Any movie with a giant Pac-Man is good, which is Pixels and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy oh, Volume 2, so... Yeah. All right, well, that is all the time that we have for Universal Studios. And, of course, we want to hear from you. What are your favorite rides, attractions? What do you enjoy doing at Universal Studios? Uh, So always great to see what the competition is doing. Even though this is Rope Drop Radio, we do love having an off-Disney day or bookending a trip with Universal. They're both great parks. Can't wait to check out Volcano Bay sometime. That'll be a lot of fun. But, of course, if you need someone, ask us, and we'll put you in touch with Michelle McKnight. She will help you book a fantastic trip to Universal with one of the great resorts and help you understand the Express Pass and everything uh, and Mm -hmm. how to kind of maximize your time there. Because, like any trip, that is where you uh, save money is by just maximizing your time. So... Uh, That's all we have for tonight. Be sure to go on to Facebook and Twitter, like and follow. Of course, we love your reviews, and please subscribe to our podcast. For Doug McKnight, I'm Derek Sassman. This has been Rope Drop Radio.